Have you ever felt frustrated and just wish that things would calm down or you feel that difficulty, that anxiety kind of building up as things begin to pile on, things that you don't want to happen or that sense of, just get some escape you know I see those things on Facebook on Instagram my friends are on vacation and I could use a little calm and peace but my life feels like it's swirling around have you ever kind of felt that way and just wanted some peace you just want to kind of calm down and that's so often how we define peace of a calm a rest and that's certainly part of it but how do we kind of get there, especially when we feel like the world is kind of swirling around us? Because all of us at some point feel that the frustrations kind of build, and it could be just little things. It could be the frustrations from coworkers, the job. It could be from home life or relationships. We want one, we don't want one. The kids are running around screaming and yelling, right? The frustration kind of begins to build and we want some of that calm. We want some peace. And so how do we begin to find it? How do we begin to deal with it? Because it's almost like we can't escape, right? We can't escape and always live at the beach. How do we begin to think of peace as related to God. And Jesus gives us some indication, right? We actually call him the Prince of Peace. He actually has that title. And so often we do think of Jesus being this calm, chill kind of guy. He's the guy who can sleep and rest in the middle of a storm while everybody else is freaking out, running around. He's the guy that stays calm, asking the questions when people aren't being so very nice to him. And we see him so often being that peaceful presence in the way that we generally define that term, that chill. But when we start looking through the stories, we may find that, wait a minute, Jesus gets frustrated. Like he's got some frustration going on, yet he's supposed to be the Prince of Peace. How is Jesus maintaining a peaceful presence even when things are extremely frustrating, when the anxieties, the worries, the challenges kind of keep coming at him. So for today, we are gonna go into the book of Luke, continuing on, we've actually been in Luke all of Lent so far, and we're gonna look at chapter 11 and chapter 10 of how does Jesus live with general frustrations of life when people aren't being nice, when people are making his life difficult, how does he through the, live through those frustrations as this peaceful presence, as one who embodies God's peace, as one who is called the Prince of Peace. So for today, we are going to start in Luke 11, verses 37 through 41. While Jesus was speaking, a Pharisee invited him to share a meal with him. So Jesus went and took his place at the table. When the Pharisees saw that Jesus didn't ritually purify his hands by washing before the meal, he was astonished. The Lord said to him, 
Now you Pharisee, clean the outside of the cup and platter, but your insides are stuffed with greed and wickedness. Foolish people, didn't the one who made the outside also make the inside? Therefore give to those in need from the core of who you are and you will be clean all over. All right, so we immediately have Jesus getting frustrated. Although he starts, right? He comes to the table, he's invited to dinner. Jesus often, we've talked about this imagery, the table is supposed to be one of welcoming, non-judgmental, not a game from say, oh, I don't know, the Hunger Games, right? It's supposed to be one where all are invited, where they can discuss. And so here he shows up and the Pharisee notices he doesn't do this ritual of purification. Now, this is not about hygiene, and yes, we should all wash our hands before we eat. This is about, there's a particular, some words to say, there's a particular way of engaging, and the ritual is not bad. Like, it, it's a good ritual. It's meant to really, for the person to take some contemplation, some time for connecting with God, for, for being able to uh, give thanks for the meal. You know, it's a ritual that is meant to be helpful and mindful for the one that's doing it. But here, instead, the Pharisee is like, oh, look what you didn't do. It becomes a thing a concern of judgment. And Jesus, you can hear the frustration in his voice. Now you Pharisee. And Jesus is like, no, we need to talk about what you're doing. You want to focus on this ritual, which can be helpful, but you are going to use it against me. You're going to use it as a weapon. And so Jesus is like, wait a minute, we need to focus on what's really important here. He says, uh, about the cleaning the outside of the cup and the platter, but your insides are stuffed with greed and wickedness. Foolish people, didn't the one who made the outside also make the inside? Therefore, also, therefore give to those in need from the core of who you are, and you will be clean all over. So here Jesus is trying to get the Pharisee to see. He's being real about the situation. He's pointing it out. It's a frustrating situation. It's an uncomfortable one. And that's generally what our frustrations are. We are uncomfortable in some way, or we have some kind of expectation of how it should go. And here Jesus is like, hold up here. Wait a minute. We need to be concerned about what's really important. That what are our insides, right? Are we about God's love? Or are we about passing judgment? I mean, to call the Pharisee out, foolish people, they're stuffed with greed and wickedness. Like, what are you going to focus on here? And so for ourselves, when we're thinking about, when you're like feeling that pressure, when you are feeling that frustration, when it feels like it's kind of piling up and we're running around and we don't know what's next and we don't want what we are experiencing. We are made uncomfortable. Jesus is like, whoa, take stock of what's important in that moment. Like, what's really important when we are frustrated with other people, when we are frustrated with our circumstances, when we are frustrated with our jobs? What is really important about this moment, about how we are conducting our life, about how we are interacting, how we are engaging. 
Is it something that we just need to be like, ooh, I need to let go of that. Like, I just need to go on. What's really important as we are navigating difficult situations? And so for yourself, when whenever that frustration begins to rise, when you begin to feel frustrated with situations or people or circumstances, what is it? that's really important in that moment. And are we getting sidetracked? Because Jesus is telling the Pharisee, hey, you're getting sidetracked about what's really important. And so to begin to kind of maneuver and think about, and Jesus continues on in verses 42 through 46. He says, how terrible for you Pharisees, you give a tenth of your mint, rue, and garden herbs of all kinds, while neglecting justice and love for God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. How terrible for you, Pharisees! You love the most prominent seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplaces. How terrible for you! You are like unmarked graves and people walk on them without recognizing it. One of the legal experts responded, Teacher, when you say these things, you are insulting us too. Jesus said, how terrible for you legal experts too. You load people down with impossible burdens and you refuse to lift a single finger to help them. All right, so think about that for a second, right? You load people down with impossible burdens and you refuse to lift a, a single finger to them to help them. So Jesus, in this moment, right, Jesus is like continuing on. You are not paying attention to what's important, dear Pharisee. And so the Pharisees, those around the table are like, hey, you're insulting us. And Jesus is like, wait a minute. Do you not, you, you are troubled. You are now frustrated with me, even though you have placed an impossible burden on other people. Right? It was okay for the Pharisee to judge Jesus, but as Jesus points out things to them, it's not okay. And so Jesus here is getting at a real self-awareness that when we are frustrated by certain things, when we are experiencing that tension and that angst of to take kind of a step back and go, wait a minute, is an unnecessary is an impossible burden being placed upon me, myself. And sometimes it's easier for us to know that, to experience that. We know when somebody's placing a burden upon us that is just ridiculous. We've probably all had that at some point where we're just like, you, what? Why are you judging me for? All right, but how hard is it sometimes? This is where the whole self-awareness where we place burdens, expectations on others that might be impossible for them and about the need to be able to recognize that. And so it's that expectation, that burden that maybe we in our actions and in our words are frustrating someone else, that we are placing a burden upon them because we don't like burdens to be placed upon ourselves. They're, they're not great. They're and they sure don't seem to lend themselves to peace. And so we recognize when it happens to us, but do we recognize when we do it to someone else? 
And so Jesus is really trying to get the Pharisees to dig deep, the, the legal experts, and saying, wait a minute, do you understand what you place upon others? You don't like it when it happens to you. Do you, do you understand what you're doing to others? So for ourselves, when we feel that frustration, when we feel that angst to really take stock, not only about what's important, but now to understand the self-awareness of the role that we are playing, how we may be perpetuating that for someone else. And to really kind of understand that, of why we do that, why we react, why we have particular words. And do we place unnecessary, impossible burdens on others, do we offer help? Or do we stand back and, eh, sorry for you. So here Jesus is kind of digging in, trying to get us to see a little bit different. And now we're gonna jump to Luke 10. We're actually gonna back up in the book of Luke, but there's something really important about this. It's chapter 10, verses one through four. After these things, the Lord commissioned 72 others and sent them on ahead in pairs to every city and place he was about to go. He said to them, the harvest is bigger than you can imagine, but there are few workers. Therefore, plead with the Lord of the harvest to send out workers for this, for this harvest. Go, be warned though, that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Carry no wallet, no bag, no sandals. Don't even greet anyone along the way. All right, so it starts out. Jesus is like, hey, we've got to get this message out. We've got to get this good news, this hope, this healing, this God's presence is with all kinds of people. And so he commissioned the 72, which would remind people of the 70 that helped Moses. And so he sends them out, but he's asking them to do some good work. And there's that part of us which go, well, okay, that makes sense that we are asked to engage in this. We are asked to engage with others to be that healing presence, to be helpful, to be loving. But then he says something kind of interesting here. He says, I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. So he's recognizing, he's like, this is not an easy task. This is not going to be easy. But now he makes statement where it sounds like it's even worse. Carry no wallet, no bag, and no sandals. Don't even greet anyone along the way. And it's like, Jesus, come on. Like, you're making life harder. Like, you're saying we're going out among wolves. Like, it's not going to be easy. But now, but now you say we can't carry anything with us. What in the world is going on? And here, here, Jesus is recognizing the difficulty of life, the struggles, the frustrations of life, that even when you've got something good to say, even when you're trying to do the right thing, even when you're like, okay, I'm gonna try to live my life a little better, I'm gonna try to be more peaceful, I'm gonna try, that it still doesn't mean it's gonna be met with, oh yeah, woo, that's great. It's not gonna be like all the problems of the world part ways for us, but then, but then with those words about carrying nothing, he's then saying, when it does happen, when you do meet those frustrations, those struggles, what are you relying upon? Are you relying upon certain things to protect you? And then even about the 
keeping? Who are you relying upon? Are those things that we rely upon in life to get us through the frustrations and the difficulties, are those things connected to God or are they actually making things worse? Are they actually keeping us from thriving? Are they actually holding our lives back? Are they actually giving us more over to the wolves, right? More into the frustrations, the difficulties. Does what we rely upon actually help us and connect us to God, to God's peace? And what is the difference here? What is the difference between God's peace and the way we generally equate it to calm, rest, which those are part of peace, but what else is part of God's peace? Especially if we've got to be careful with what we rely upon, whom we rely upon that's connected to God. So going to Luke 10, verses 5 through 7. Whenever you enter a house, first say, may peace be on this house. If anyone there shares God's peace, then your peace will rest on that person. If not, your blessing will return to you. Remain in this house, eating and drinking whatever they set before you, for workers deserve their pay. Don't move from house to house. All right, so here we get the beginning with this greeting. May peace be on this house. And a greeting of peace was a common greeting in Jesus' day. It's kind of like today. We say, hey, how you doing? Right? Common greeting to offer peace. And we may be going, okay, common greeting, but what does that actually mean? So in Luke, Luke attaches peace with forgiveness. And we even see it in like Luke 1 with the prophecy of Zechariah. We see it also when the angel bringing peace in Luke 2 after Jesus is born. Uh, peace among those whom he favors, right? There's a sense of peace. Um, and it says in Luke 1, to give light to those who are sitting in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide us on the path of peace. Peace is a sense for Luke, the book, the writer of Luke, that peace is connected to forgiveness, connected to letting go, connected to acceptance of God, and that as we receive forgiveness, we also return, give out forgiveness to others. And we've talked about forgiveness before at different times, and there's a, a definite complexity to it, depending upon the situation we find ourselves in. And there are all these like different, like there's the, you know, sometimes you just need to let things go, right? It's simple, it's small. There's other times where it's a real struggle to figure out forgiveness and what it looks like and, and how do we accept and let go in certain situations. And then there's the most severe kind, which is where we can't necessarily do it ourselves. We have to give it to God. We have to give it over to God to do the forgiving. But for ourselves, as we're thinking through, okay, what 
does peace mean when I am living in frustration, when everything seems to kind of be coming at me, when the bills are piling up, when the kids are running wild, when I don't like my relationship status, I am having trouble with my family. There doesn't seem to be a moment of peace unless I can escape, unless I can take a vacation and nobody call me. What does peace that's tied to forgiveness of letting go of acceptance begin to look like? And sometimes it's kind of that sense of not getting too wrapped up in it, of saying, wait a minute, okay, I'm getting perspective on it. We've talked about what's really important, that self-awareness. We've talked about how we extend it to others, of coming from a place of our intentions are good, our intentions of peace, that as they are walking into the house, right, may peace be on this house, that we show up in life, that even when we are struggling, maybe, that we try to show up in life with a sense of, all right, I'm going to try to give peace today. I'm going to try to give this blessing away. I'm going to try to bless someone else. That even when we are struggling and dealing with our own frustration, it's almost like looking beyond those to see where a kind word, an extension of forgiveness, of being able to let go, of being able to, be, to accept certain things, of being able to go, wait a minute, transfer, transformation really is possible. We can really decide to take a different path. Because that's what Jesus was all about with the Pharisees. He's like, he's pointing things out, but it's so that their life will be transformed, so that they will take a new direction. That to allow that frustration to go, wait a minute, I don't like the path that I am on. I need to go a different way. And so to begin to think about how forgiveness is playing in to this sense of peace for ourselves. That sense of transformation, of letting go, of being cradled in the arms of a loving God who keeps telling us, each of us, you, you are loved, you are accepted. All those things that maybe we think about, man, I can't believe I said, I can't believe I did. God's like, you are forgiven. And just as when things come at us, of going, wait a minute, I need to extend some compassion here. I need to extend some forgiveness so that I can be at peace. I can live in this realm of peace that Jesus is trying to encourage not only the 70, but he, 72, but he's like, wait a minute, you need to take this and talk about it with others. You need to be this presence with others. Spend time in relationship teaching and being. But then he also gives another side to it. Continuing on, finishing up in verses 8 through 12. Whenever you enter a city and its people welcome you, eat what they set before you. Heal the sick who are there and say to them, God's kingdom has come upon you. When you enter a city and the people don't welcome you, Go out into the streets and say, as a complaint against you, we brush off the dust of your city that has collected on our feet. But know this, God's kingdom has come to you. 
I assure you that Sodom will be better off on Judgment Day than that city. So often throughout the stories in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see Jesus draw boundaries. And the boundaries are about being healthy. They are about helping people to thrive. They are about helping self to thrive not um, over and against others, but to kind of bring people along. And so he draws a boundary here. He draws a boundary of saying, not everybody's gonna welcome you. And there are gonna be times where your peace is met with chaos, with, is met with disregard, is met or, with total, like I'm ignoring you. There are going to be people who do not want your blessing of peace, who do not want your way of living, who will not understand and may even kind of poke at you about it. And Jesus is like, it's okay to draw a boundary and to go a different direction, to take your blessing of peace, your way of living into peace somewhere else. And you may be going, okay, that sounds nice, but I can't quit my job. And home life I, I got some things I got to take care of I can't just up and go in a different direction so what then how can I live into peace right how can each of us kind of gain some perspective that when we are in the middle of the frustration when we are in the middle of struggling what does peace begin to look like then and so to kind of think through these kind of five things that Jesus gives us as the Prince of Peace, and that Jesus is really trying, first of all, to get to us of what's important in life. Like, what is really important? Because so often, right, things that frustrate us, maybe, maybe some of those things we can kind of let go. We can kind of say, you know what, I don't, I don't need to take that up. I don't need to pick that up. I can let that go because that's not what's really important. And then the second thing is about being very real about the situation and doing some self-awareness of going, wait a minute, how am I perpetuating the frustration? How may I be perpetuating this for someone else? So really taking a good long look at ourselves as we are handling and dealing and then the third one of thinking about what do we rely upon in the middle of being frustrated, in the middle of feeling like the struggle, the things are piling up. What are we relying upon to get us through it? And it's funny because as I was, or ironic, that as I was writing this part, I got to this part of the sermon, that the internet went out. And we have been having trouble all week uh, with the internet, and it has been frustrating to no end. In fact, because it, it disrupts the workflow, it disrupts what I'm doing. And so I can feel, right? I can feel the frustration just kind of building because I'm like, again, it's happening again. It's happening right here, right now. I'm almost done with this sermon. What in the world? I can feel it, right? And all of a sudden, is what are you relying upon, Kara? What are you relying upon? <sighs> Take a breath. Right? What are we relying upon in those moments of frustration that maybe, you know, that's, that's not what I need to be relying upon. That's not how this is working. 
This is not working for me. I should not be so upset over. Wait a minute. Do I need to think about, mm, who do I need to give a call to to get some perspective? Who might be able to give me some words of wisdom as I try to move through? What do I need to let go of? What expectation maybe is just too much? What's really important? Right, all of those things. And then Jesus, a fourth thing, Jesus is really challenging us, challenging us in how we, we give out a blessing of peace, of how we extend peace to others, how we are living into that forgiveness and extending it, how we are living into that acceptance and letting go how we are being that welcoming presence. And then that final thing, number five of the boundaries that we draw and realizing there are some healthy boundaries and how can we begin to draw those in such a way that we are able to carve out and understand and live into some peace. Jesus lived during frustrating times and he had to deal with all kinds of things and he had to deal with people saying some pretty ridiculous stuff and yet here he is trying to show up trying to be real and say nope here's a way here's a different way of thinking of living of kind of disrupting our our past to say wait a minute are we really living in peace even when things aren't going our way even when things aren't what we expected we can still live into this peace of God. This peace of God that is bigger than calm, that is bigger than rest, that is about acceptance and letting go, that is about a forgiveness that not only is for each of us, but also becomes an extension of how we engage with one another. And so as we're going through our days, as we are maybe struggling or we're feeling like it all keeps piling up, how might these words of Jesus help us, help you, as you try to navigate those frustrating moments in life? As Jesus keeps saying, we can live into peace, we can live through those frustrations with peace. How might we make our choices, our decisions, our actions, what might they, how might they begin to look as we gain a perspective of God's peace for each of us? Amen.